love y'all. Love y'all. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to the latest episode of Black Factivism. Uh, I'm joined tonight with um, by the Wonder Twins, Billy and Bobby McLean. Um, way too many adjectives to start talking about these dudes. Um, you know, that, that sort of ridiculous talent level, dudes could probably float and they just don't want to tell nobody the secrets. This is out here running from scientists. Um, and speaking of scientists, we have the, um, the super duper chemistry teacher, uh, Corwin Ferrer, Douglas. Hey, and, going on? And, and, and straight out of um, Washington State. Uh, that's correct. That's where I'm from. <laughs> uh, with the with that with the with the rich history uh, and tonight we gonna we gonna try and kick it with y'all around um, talking about the need for the need and the vision for uh, black black male educators. Uh, but before we get into that though, uh, Billy and Bobby, man, how y'all doing? We're good, man. Hanging in there. Yeah, we just we just we just breathing. We're trying to breathe in 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 the midst of this mess. I mean, are is, is your are, are your necks feeling knee free? You know, Say again? Are, no, yep. no, no, yeah, no, yeah. It's hard to be knee free out here, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. And uh, Court, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, you know, it's it, it's been it's been an interesting you know last couple of couple of weeks you know i think as we get closer especially as you know as an educator and whatnot um you feel like you have to do a lot more you know you feel like you're you're getting pulled in a lot of different places a lot of different ways having to support a lot of different things um you know the the, the eight hours become 12 hours become you know however many hours you get um so yeah you know i i the longer the days are but the you know, you appreciate the fact that 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 that, that students are willing to, to put that time in. So, you know, that's where I am. I feel I feel very very encouraged and blessed that we got a lot of people out there um, trying to trying to make moves, trying to do really good things for their families. And word, I, I'm listen, man. I somebody called me and was like, "Yo, are you listening? Are you gonna tune into this George Floyd?" trial and the one thing i turned on i see the black man crying on the stand yeah and man like yo i i i'm close to my breaking point mm -hmm. yeah so I, that's why i like I, I help me rationalize what's happening right now you actually, you, I, I mean, I think one of the jobs as black male educators is, uh, it seems like, I mean, just, I mean, you just said it already, you know, just have to be pulled in so many different, different areas. It's not like we, it's not like we have one direction to go to, because at the same time, we're at our, at our breaking point, like you said, we know if we break then we have to rely on others to do the teaching that unfortunately made us break. 
You know what I mean? Like seeing that, because I watched that, I saw that that old man in tears, and I was just like, that's not a good feeling. That's not, that I don't want to see it. I want to see it, but I don't want to see it. Because we know those tears, we've seen those tears for like, how many years now? I mean, that we, we could be the tears. In, tw- in 20 years, that could be us on the, on the stand saying something about someone younger and seeing him, you know, lynched, basically. Like George Floyd is not, George Floyd is on trial and he's, and he's not here no more. And that's sick. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. How are you how are you keeping up with this court? Yeah, so to me, like, there's a couple things. Like, you know, I've been trying to keep up with it, watching the watching the different clips that they that they release, and you know, there's a couple things. You know, from from the gentleman who was crying to uh, the EMS lady, right? I don't know if you guys saw her, the the person who um, yeah. they refused to let her um, administer any care uh, during that time. You know, right. and you watch her. And what I, what goes through my mind is, first of all, there's a couple of things. One, just simply recounting this moment, right? Playing it back for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how, that's how like traumatic and, 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 and detrimental and, and how harmful this is. Forget about like going through it is horrible. Simply just recounting it puts people in this yeah. space. Right. That's 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 how, you know, and the one thing that is really interesting about it and the thing that makes it, you know, kind of a really interesting thing watching it is that we're having a trial that evokes this type of response and we're waiting and it has the weight of it when you know that it might go sideways. Yeah. Right. That's the thing for me. That's the thing is I go like we're waiting for it and you're going First of all, it's Shal- the, the Shalvin guy. I go like there was four people there, right? That's my first my first thought. There's four there's four officers there, um, and so I would like a, the the circle to expand a little bit more. But then we are literally watching a trial, and it might not go the way we think it should, right? Because Eric Garner, Eric Garner, we saw that on tape. Mm-hmm. It was on tape. I don't know how more deep you can get. That is literally a man surrounded by six, seven, eight other people and got that on film. And they said, we can't even go to trial. And here we at least got to the place where we we got to trial. And the thing that you worry about is, 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 is justice gonna be there? And then you think about like, is justice really gonna be enough? Yeah. Look at the legacy, right? That old man is not just crying about this moment, I don't think. Right now, this trial is not about this moment. It's about a summation, right? That this man has had to watch over and over again. I, I, I'll, be, I'll be 100% with, with y'all. I think about the George Floyd video every day. I don't need to look it up. I don't need to find it somewhere. No one needs to remind me about a goddamn thing. I think about it every day. And what what people don't realize for us is that when we think about things, it becomes us. Yeah. Like I feel every day is what 
every day, well, however, you know, there's folks who are out there you know, acting like, behaving like this is the first time they've ever seen something like that. Mm-hmm. And that is that burden every day. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Every day. I agree. I agree. It's almost like you know, the, the trial, the, the outcome, waiting for the outcome is uh it's torture yeah it's it's torture i mean we, we saw you know just what you just said but we're not sure it's almost like we're not even sure they've seen enough like for us it's like yeah this is this is this is clear look what he look look at this four men kneeling all these other, you know, all these circumstances that's just hold the whole entire situation. But it's still because of the, the the travesty in America and all this that's been going on for so long, it makes you think that they don't see enough. Mm-hmm. Like we're waiting to see. Did you do you think they like we're waiting for the jurors to say, I think we've seen, I think that's enough evidence. Like that's that's the part that's troubling. It's like we're waiting to see if watching him die is enough for these men to be convicted of um of of murder. And, and let me take it one step further before we shift. What bothers me the most mm-hmm. is that. What's it, Derek Chauvin? Yeah. Chauvin. He's not the one on trial. Yeah. George Floyd is on trial. Yep, that's what I said. I said George Floyd is the one that's on trial, not the not the not the killers. They're, they're attacking his um his character. They're trying to find a reason to justify a black man dying. They need something. I mean, they they they're looking. It's it's embarrassing to watch. It's it's. It, it, it makes you just want to just lose your mind. You're, you're looking for one reason. Because one thing is they know that all you need is some doubt, just a little bit of doubt. Because the, the black man has been demonized. We've been demonized our whole life. We're born to them. They, we have to work to make sure that they don't demonize us. The older we get, the more accolades, the, 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 the more normal in their eyes that's when the demonization leaves. But for them, we're working, George Floyd is working to not be demonized while he's dead. So they're looking to demonize something. They'll find one thing, just one thing, and they'll ride on that fear. Because it's not just the, it's not just the killer. It's the people in the jury. They're dangerous. Like, they're, they're some, they're, I don't care if they're black, though. Like, at this point... That skin doesn't mean anything no more. It's it's your 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 blackness comes from the inside. It's not on the outside no more. Those days are way over with. They are whoever's on that jury, on that jury, if they have a little bit of like self or, or they have a little bit of stereotypes based on what they think of black men, it can go the other way. You know, I, I think for me, you know, when I when I for the trial, like keeping on, ta- uh, you know, on top of the trial, keeping tabs on it. I think to me, the hardest part about just just keeping up with it mm. is 
you see so many instances as they go through this process, mm-hmm. bringing up these different people. There's so many checkpoints where you can go, he, he could have been alive. Mm-hmm. He, should, he should be should still be there. You have eyewitnesses who are talking about things that could have happened. You have, like I said, this EMS lady. She's literally there saying, "Hey, if you just let me do this, I can, I can, I can save his life." And they, they, mm-hmm. they say no. Right. All of these moments, right? These human moments that 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 are at their disposal, and 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 they did not do that right they made the every other choice but but the one that would save his life and that's the thing that like as far as the humanity goes yeah. where you look at it and you just go a man should he had so many opportunities to not be dead and they did everything that they could but the thing that would save his life because they weren't thinking about his humanity in that yeah. moment right. And it took one. All it needed was one person to, to be human at that point. One one human. So in one, that, human. That one human, right? Down to the person who took the film. Mm-hmm. But he knew what was on the line for him. Yeah. Because that could have been a dead man too. It's amazing how hard we have to work to exercise the faith. I mean, the fear that people have of us. Well, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, I, I was just, I was just talking to, you know, uh, you know, Corey knows that, you know, I talk to my kids about culture all the time, and we were just talking about, you know, juxtapose this with what happened a couple of year, uh, weeks ago, right? Like, I killed someone. Guy kid says I said that the killer had a bad day. Yeah. You know, like he had a, that that white dude had a bad day. Right? He's not a bad person. He just he, he just had a bad day, and uh, I never had a bad day. Kill eight people, never, never. I never do that and go to three different Asian establishments. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, what he was saying is, "Hey, I'm totally, I'm totally." <laughs> this is what he said, and hey, I don't, I, I totally agree with it. The dude who uh, did the thing in Boulder, you know, in the constant reminder. Where you go, like they shot him in the leg. I go, they they know how to shoot below the waist. Yeah, they know how to make it so that they don't kill him. <laughs> they mm-hmm. know how to make it so they don't kill him. Because um, person after person to the to to the person is continuing to keep on breathing. Yeah, right. And the fear and the fear is so deep. They actually believe that we are bulletproof because so so many times do the research, read the read. The, the, the testimonies. Mm-hmm. I shot him and he still kept coming. They're the same thing about Mike Brown. Nope. The same thing. Right? They, they see us die. To, they, they watch us die to music. They watch videos of us. They watch us die to, to songs. They Sometimes it's in their head. They think that this is just a part. It's almost like they think we're supposed to die. Like the, guy, the, the ones that killed they killed him, uh, Derek. I can't even say his last. I hate saying his whole name, but Derek Sharpen. There was he needed him. He needed him to die, and that's when when I and I finally look at it because I I didn't look at the video. I just looked at the video maybe, and I still haven't looked at it full on. I I, I refuse I, to. Yep, yeah, I just looked at maybe I may look at. I definitely am not looking at eight minutes. 
of there's no way that's never going to be possible. The most I looked at was maybe the confusion part of the him when he was yelling. Um, when when um, George was getting out the car. The, for the part that they showed today, I didn't even know about the ambulance driver. I'm, this is my first time hearing about that. I didn't even know about that part. Yeah. But they needed him. They needed for, there's something, and I said this before, and when I say it, people think I'm crazy. I'm not. There's a there's something with these, these police officers. When they go home, they go home with their chests up and their heads high when they kill a black man. It's not just, it's not just I kill someone black. There's something about that. It's almost, I don't know if it's sexual. There's something in it that makes them proud to kill a black man. Their manhood, to be honest, their manhood depends on us not being here. When we're here, it's always a challenge to their manhood. It's like, I'm not manly enough. So their manhood depends on black death. Yeah, you know, to me, like, what, one of the most revealing things is, you know, it, it's funny because if you watch the film, you know, they handcuff him. Mm -hmm. And you just go, like, how much does a person have to be subdued before before you realize that you, you don't have to take those steps? Mm -hmm. right? So it has to be something more than that, right? There has mm -hmm. to be something more. And to me, like, you talk about, like, how, like, poisonous you know, individuals have in terms of like their view of blackness, right? I think about Elijah McClain, who is, yeah. I look at his death and yeah. I said, oh, that is a young kid, autistic, right? Who is a threat to no one. You see him a threat to no one, person who goes- To Mayor Rice, to Mayor Rice. Well, right. Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, the, the crazy ideas that they do to just dismiss it. Right. To make it so that it's not it's not even like I said, it's not even worth a trial. Right. It's yeah. not even worth any of that stuff. Tamir Rice gave him 12 minutes. They said they couldn't convict him because the quality of the video was too poor. Do you really need a video to understand what happened? A child. They killed a kid. Yeah. I don't think I need anything else other than that. You kill a kid. There should be a trial. When there is, when there is black death, there is always a rationale. Mm -hmm. There's always a rationale, yeah. and, 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 and no matter what, right? Like, no matter what, even down the skittles, whatever. Mm -hmm. But let me let me shift this conversation really quick since we. We hit it on a lot of points. Cortland brought up a great point earlier. The second, we're addressing the need for black male educators and how black male educators feel, right? Like, let's be real. Like, we, we gotta live above and beyond what is above and beyond, yep. right? That's the only way that we can escape the controlled old black kids' minds um, mentality, right? Control those kids of color mentality. 
And there's so few of us, right? We know mm-hmm. that. But to Cortland's point earlier, the second one of us walks in a school, an urban school, the dropout rate goes down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask Colin to, to elaborate on that down to the percentages. Yeah, right. Like we, man, it is, it is, like we don't need the stats, right? Um, I always say, um, the the notion or the idea, you know, they wrote, you know, why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? That's, they wrote that in 1997. Mm-hmm. You know, Miseducation of the Negro was, you know, r- written in 1933. That's 21 years before they desegregated schools. Mm-hmm. And so like the playbook to me has been, has been written on this. We have the data to back it up, right? When we start to think about you know, the impact, right, that just simply, you know, having Black teachers can have on students. It's an important thing to think about. And, you know, one of the things that I think about all the time when I, when I rifle through, right, the stats, when I think about the data, is, like, well, we're not, we're not talking about something that's specific to, to Black we're talking about something that is a human thing, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what it is, right? That it's it, to, to, but how dire it is is that we focus on black kids because of the fact, yeah. right? Because of the fact that 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 is how dire and how much education does not you know care that much, right? They know that black students, right, who had at least one black teacher in elementary school right? 29% less likely to drop out of high school. Mm. That's 30%, right? You scoop up all those kids, right? Scoop up all those kids. That's a big, big difference, right? That is a amazing amount when you think about the statistics, right? 32% more increased interest in going to college and pursuing college. And, you know, what I was telling Corey before is, like I said, you want to talk about why the, 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 the racial gap exists, why the opportunity gap exists, as they call it now. Like I said, white individuals run that, run that multiple times, because every student who's white never has to deal with that. And not only do you have one kid, you have two and three and four teachers that look like you. I'm not talking about in your entire lifetime as an ed, like an education, like we're talking about our kids. We're talking about in one year, Mm -hmm. one year, that's what it is, Mm -hmm. right? And so run that cycle year after year, after year, after year, after year. And you can see how that privilege just simply, you know, just opens itself up. Yeah. You know. When I when I got, when I came to the United States, I did not have my first black teacher until ninth grade. Now, let me tell you something. It hurt, it, it hurt my soul to this day, how poorly I treated that man. 
And you want to know why I treated him that way? Because everybody else did. Yeah. Mm. I, I, like years before, right? So by having that message out there, my mind in ninth grade, my mindset was like the only effective teachers are white teachers. Yeah. So I got I I Mr. Ron Shelburne, my fault. And I say it to him every time I talk to him, because I'm cool with him now. I apologize to that man every single time. He was the only black teacher I had, the first black teacher I had in ninth grade. And you know what he you know what we were all doing to him? We, he was strict as hell. Mm -hmm. We were finding every excuse to not listen to him. He taught civics. We were finding mm -hmm. every excuse to not give him, to not even validate him as a good educator. He don't know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. He don't know what he's talking There's no way he's smart. He's black. Mm -hmm. I remember, I would never forget my boy's mom came in and was like, yo, is he a sub? Yeah. You know, mm. so if if we have a such an impact on the urban dropout rate and we are we have the ability to connect with children and we tend to go above and beyond what ruins us? is my question, right? Like what ruins, what pushes us to just not be effective on one end? Because two scopes, there's two sides. Us not being effective, right? And us possibly being elevated out of that impactful role. I think it's a combo. Like even though it's a two-part, it's a two-part question is, is it's very complex. I didn't have my uh, first teacher. I had two t two black teachers in middle school. Mr. Lowe, actually three, Mr. Lowe, Mr. Garner, um, rest in peace, and um, Miss Hall. And they, to be honest, they were the only ones I really cared to impress. Like, and most of the black kids, their, their idea of, I mean, the black teacher at the Grover Cleveland was uh, in middle school was like a, like a superhero. Like even in the way they walked into school was very like, you stand up straight, you, 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 you go almost like you're going against the wall. But your fam, I think your family dynamic and your community plays a huge role in what you see and what you celebrate in roles that's not within your family. So if you see, if you don't have no respect for a fireman, if your family, if that's not a conversation that you all are having at home and different people in the community, because it's, it's, it's really about black love and bigger, not black love in a, in the intimate sense, but black love as in the, in the community sense and what that involves. It involves like seeing, seeing a, uh, seeing a black man, walk into a into a school with a shirt and tie on could be life-changing to a boy like it could be life-changing it was life-changing for us but we you know we come from the arts background so our first person that we worked with was a it was a male a man 
who was teaching us all these different things. So he was telling us, you know, you, you can't put, you can't be a part of what we're doing unless you're respecting your teachers in school. So that conversation was that conversation, that praise of a black teacher, um, especially a male teacher was, was already huge because you walk in and once you see, a, you know, when you're a young boy, I think when you see a, 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 a black female teacher, I don't know what it is, but it seemed like we boys shift into that's my mama, that's my aunt mode. You know, I can't swear around her. It's different when you see a black male teacher because a black male teacher has to make sure that you, you, he works for that respect. And what you said, Corey, earlier was, you know, when you seen the black male teacher and how you was like, well, everybody else is not giving him that respect. I think a lot of black male teachers go through that. I think they go to a point where they have to earn the respect, not just from the, not just from the kids, not just from the, the, the girls and the boys, but also from their peers because so much is on our plate. I mean, when the white teacher fails, here comes the black teacher. That's when they ask for the black teacher. When the white teacher fails the black student, that's when Mr. So-and-so comes in to save the day. So, so it's, it's, it goes and that question goes into so many directions. It's like, you can do a whole freaking three hours on that, just on that one question alone. But it's it's very complex. It's very, and it's not, a, it's, I wouldn't wish that on anyone to say, you know what, I want you to switch and be a black male teacher. I mean, some, even some of the people that I, you know, I've worked with for years in my 20, what, 20 something years now, they, they, they always say, you know, I can never have that conversation with that student. And I always say, well, you don't have to have the conversation with the student because you know your day ends your your day ends at three thirty. You you're not going to see you you probably won't see that kid around your CVS. You might see we might see him at Walgreens, CVS, Dudley, walking the street. We might know his uncle, we might know his father, we might know this and that. Their conversations are so much different that what we bring to the table, it, it, it could be welcome, but it also can be fearful. Who wants to watch the black, who wants to watch a black male ed educator save the school? Like who's willing to do that? To say, you know what, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna let the black, I'm gonna let the black male educator go. I'm just let him do his, let him do what he's supposed to do. Some people are scared of that. I've watched it before. I've watched them watch uh, great teachers, male educators, and I've watched teachers push back like, I wish I can, I wish I can say something like that. And I'm like, why do you wish you can say that? And then what, and it's not what he's saying, it's why he's saying it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You know, we, they, I think people, there's a couple things. I think the establishment, as, it, as I call it, the establishment, they don't, see us as anyone, they only see us as people who could change the behaviors. Mm -hmm. But instead of seeing us as someone or as people who could change the institution, mm -hmm. because the institutions are the problem. Yeah. I can get through to an individual, mm -hmm. but the institutions are a problem. I mean, I don't know five black people on, on a school committee anywhere. Mm. 
And now they're putting all these black folks in superintendent positions. Cool. But they still get one vote. Mm. And they're still getting evaluated by white folks. Yeah. Right? So if we're, but, but we get to get beaten ahead with all these buzzwords, right? All the, all the things that make people feel better about being nice to us. Mm. But I don't think being nice to black male educators is going to help. I, I think investigating the very barriers that prevent us from being not personally successful. We know how to do that. We could sell our way out of being into money. We can. There's avenues for us to sell our way out. Mm-hmm. But to affect the kids from the mountaintop, mm. right? Not affect them on the bus or as we're climbing. Mm-hmm. NBA players, rappers, they're affecting kids from the mountaintop. Yeah. From the, from the top. Yeah. But then that's a high mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. And we got to climb with the kids because in many respects, we are on the same level. Like I don't, like everybody talks about culturally responsive educators. Well, you know, you got to be culturally responsive. You got to be anti-racist. How am I going to be, how am I going to do anti-racist work? I'm the victim. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to tell you how you mistreat me and hope I change your mind about how, I hope I change your mind about how uh, I I feel. What is going on? (laughs) So for the black, for the black male educator, why are we hanging on? What do we need? Let's just talk about what do we need because I, I, I'm I'm hot right now, right? Like court, like like look at. I want to get into what these what some schools have done there, black schools, because then we got to turn around and deal with black folks yeah. who are working with that agenda. What do we need, court? So you know, there's a couple of things. Uh, there's several things. Um, you know, you asked like, why is it so difficult for male, you know, black male teachers? Is I feel like the system kind of, kind of sets us up for that, for, for, to 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 carry so much, right? Not only are we, do we have to, do we have to, you know, do so much to support students? Then they try to take like the same cycle that they have. Cause I don't, I, I talk to so many students all the time and before they get me, you know, unsolicited cause we do a thing in my, my, in my, in my, um, in my class, you know, where we set up profiles for students, they don't know that that's what they're doing, but they're, you know, telling me about their history with, with, with teachers or who they connect with. And I don't know how many to the student, students of color tell me they don't connect with anybody. You know, they don't believe in the genuine nature of people. And it part of it has to do with that power structure that exists in classrooms, right? That idea, you know, we were talking with a student, I think it was what, a couple of days ago, and I got to explain to him the fact that, that I don't really have to hold any power over you. 
you know? And it's interesting that because of the fact that so many teachers, because I think they're white and they, and they wanna put that power on, on them, that they expect that from most of the teachers that they see. And then I don't know how many times people would come to you because you're a black educator, because you're a black male, and they expect you because you look like them to go deal with it. Mm-hmm. To go deal with it, like that, like as if as if my words, as if your you know your ability to talk somehow like ceased to function, and I got to go deal with it. I, but that doesn't. That shouldn't be enough to tell people. Wait, I thought. I thought having more of us. Wouldn't have an impact. Well, right. And, you know, so what, so what, do, what do black teachers need? First of all, so first of all, there's a couple of things. I think one, I don't know if you mean just to, to get more of us. I wrote a, I wrote a, a, a essay one time. Oh, let it fly. Let oh, it fly. so to me, what I, I, what I told them is, I think there's, a, there's an industry who had a similar problem, right? They don't have a pathway. There's no, there's no um, pull for black teachers to, to get enough in the way that we need them. And I go like, there's a there's an industry who had a similar problem, it's still an issue, but they had a similar problem in the sense that there wasn't any, you know, black individuals in these positions, right? When I think about the NFL and how, you know, they didn't have any black head coaches, right? Yeah. And so what did they do? They instituted the Rooney rule. It's not equal right now but I'll tell you right now that we have six of them in the in, in the league right now, right? They went from we don't have any black uh, head coaches to now thirty three percent. And so, to me, I go like, where is the policy that individuals would bring in to make that happen? And in my opinion. That would that would that would solve a lot of things because part of the problem that to me black educators have is that the culture is not ready to receive them. Mm-hmm. You know, like to me, you know, people go like, "Hey, yeah, we want more representation." No, you do not. And the reason why you don't you don't is because the culture around here would change. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The, the very essence and the very feel of this place will be different. And you don't have enough respect to say or understand that it will make the kids feel better. Well, right. And it, because <laughs> you're not there, right? It's because because you're not in the, the reason why it's, it's difficult. And the reason why, like what you have to do is change the makeup. And I think what you need to do is put in things like the Rooney rule to make a change because people ain't gonna do it on their own. This has been an issue for when I was growing up. It's been an issue before that time. And so ain't nobody going to do anything about it. <laughs> you know, they're not going to do it on their own. So, like, you have to put in some real rules in there um, to be able to, to, to make it happen. Um, and the, the stakes are, 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 are crystal clear. Right. Because what happened is I don't know how many times, you know, I've had conversation with teachers and they always talk to me about the learning targets. And that's why they have to keep going. They have to keep I got to keep moving. That kid has a problem. I have to keep moving. I kick that kid out because I got to I got to keep moving. That kid is stopping my education. I got to kick him out. I got to kick him out. 
He's stopping me from being able to hit my learning targets. Right? Yeah, got to hit my goals. I hit that. I, I, they're watching yeah. me. MCAS is, is 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 moving over me. And the funny thing is, most of the, a lot of the teachers I hear that from don't even have MCAS issues. So that's BS. But it's one of those things where you know me. The reason why do I talk about culture? And you know I talk about culture like first five ten minutes. And why do we do that? Because there are things more important than the learning targets. Mm-hmm. And a person of color would see that because they know the stakes, because they know that if, you know, they don't get that, right, for me, they're not going to get us in any other place. And it's very important that they get that, right? But it's not going, you know, they don't want to do that because it would change the culture of that environment. And in my opinion, what what people have to think about, what do, what do Black teachers need? I need you to rethink the culture of a, of a school, the, the, what you provide in a school. Based what, on who your students are. Well, to me, this is what I think. I think, I think what I think you should do is you should, what, 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 what more teachers need to do, and this is something you can do that's irrespective of your background or race, is what I, I need you to do is I need you to itemize your life, do that deep dive and go, you know what I want you to do? I want you to think about what are the things that you think, independent of your learning targets, that have impacted your life, right? Give me like 10, 20 people that you think impacted your life. And what I want you to do is while you're, you know, trying to, you know, carve into the students that learning targets that you have, I want you to try your best to instill those 20 things and see what happens. And see what happens. What, what do we what do we need, Billy and Bobby? How how can we improve the conditions for for Black male educators? Besides getting more, right? But getting more is not enough because they they get the wrong ones and they turn around and be like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, it's the culture, man. I've always said that from from day one. It's 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 the culture. It's the learning environment when they get inside that building and how it seeps out when they leave that building and not leave that building when they graduate, when they leave that day, that day, I I think it's, I think it's a scary thing for many teachers and calling, um, calling, and you touched on it too, Corey, a little bit as well. It's a scary thing giving up. I think they see it as power. There's not that many black male educators because what happens when you give that black male educator a chance and you, and he's, I don't want to use the word free, but he's uh, liberated, liberated. He, and, and he's inside your building and you, and you have more than one or two. What that does, in my opinion, this is my opinion. That takes away from everything that, the other educator learned in school and in college and brought into the building. Because there's a cultural aspect that's natural with, with, uh, with black educators that you don't really learn from, you don't learn that from a book. You don't really learn that from a book. What does that do to their feeling when they're, when they're watching because we we have this mindset when one of us wins, this is what this is the part that we mess up on though. When one of us win, 
we all think we won. Right. It is not all. It's not always positive, though. It could be something negative, but we are celebrating it because we we just want to see each other win so bad and get over that hill. We want to we want to ride up that hill with them and say that we made it. And how many situations have you seen that with other other educators? Like when they when someone wins, they think their whole entire culture wins. We have that mindset, even when it's negative. Imagine how it is when it's something extremely positive when when barack when barack became president we won we that like in our head we won yeah. now america didn't get a president we won it was almost it was almost like an f you to everyone our mindset is different our culture what we have to create in the school system i think for especially with black men we're, we're the we're the key we're the key period and and I don't and I don't mean that on nothing sexist or no macho stuff, but black men are the key in 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 school in the school system. We're the same way that we should be in the family, the protector. We're, we're that same that when a, when a black child sees a black man and that black man is recognizing that black child in the classroom outside the classroom, it means a great deal to the kid. Yeah. There's something. There's something. Oh, there's something wonderful about it. I, I mean, I watch, I mean, I, of course I'm doing what I have to do, but I like to watch the interactions between students and black men in education. And I point it out and I'm just like, see that right there, what he just did? I said, even though he's disappointed in what that kid did, look at the kid's response to that black male being disappointed. He didn't yell at him, but he knew that he's disappointed him. Right. So now he's living, he's, he has to change. He's not changing his behavior. The black male changes the kid's mindset. Right. You know, changes behavior, changes his mindset. And that's scary for a lot of people in education. We've watched it, Corey. You know, we watched it at New Mission. Yeah. Before the, before the, uh, before the new New Mission. Yeah. We watched how people are when they, when we would, when we would enter the room and not demand in a, an aggressive way, but the, 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 the kids wanted to make sure that we were impressed with what they were doing, even if it was small steps, because a small step to us is a major achievement. Yeah. And we recognize it. And a lot of teachers, when they would see, you know, black students, boys or girls, boys and girls do something small, it wasn't celebrated in the same way that we as male educators celebrated it. Right. You know what I mean? It was, it was a trophy moment. Right. Right. And, and that's, a good segue because here's my thing. When a six-year-old, black or white, mm -hmm. if a six-year-old is excellent at math, could do 12th grade math, 10th grade math, they get streamlined to Harvard. Mm -hmm. If an artist is six, seven years old, and can paint the most vivid um, piece of art, they get elevated. Mm -hmm. A black man comes into school, he's super impactful. He shows that he's gifted in that particular area to make kids feel seen. He's going to get erased. It's easy to, because no one is going, no one is actively seeking 
to build upon that particular gift of galvanizing kids. Mm -hmm. Elevate. That's what we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And what they would do is to try to uphold the establishment by saying, well, he don't got this. He don't got that. Mm -hmm. But everywhere else, they're like, let's get him this. Mm -hmm. Give him the opportunity mm -hmm. to get that. Right? And part of it, you know, is districts and unions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like if you really want to go go in that direction, why why is it that we are not able to feel as if we are valued unless we do everything else. Mm. So, or, or we are never in the conversation for being for knowing how to put together a lesson plan, mm. or knowing what instruction looks like, or being a disciplinarian, controller mm. of, of black kids and Latinx mm. kids, right? Everywhere else, even. There's black cops who get elevated. Mm -hmm. But why in education? You see a man with a gift of bringing kids together and everybody loves this person. Why? You know, it's just almost like, I'll give you an example. I was working with a school district and I was like, yo, we should have the kids put out a survey. Put our survey out. Because I think the kids need to evaluate us. Mm. And the thing is about, what I've noticed about black males especially, we don't mind being surveyed by the kids. No. Mm -hmm. Wanna why? Because the, the kids, they love us differently. Now, mm -hmm. Going back to my story about this particular school district, they say, yeah, the students can have a survey, but they can't rate the educators. Mm. They, can't, they can't have a rating system. <laughs> I'm like, who negotiated that? Oh, the teachers union. So, The, they could evaluate the administration. Mm -hmm. The kids get evaluated with grades and nobody cares about student feedback. Having black kids evaluate uh, white teachers, that could be scary. That's probably how they that's probably how they saw it. But that's how we stay where we are. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's how it's, we are kept where we are. Yeah. If, or, if they elevate you, Corey, they're gonna and, and you bring then you're gonna they they're scared that you're gonna bring in Cortland. If they elevate, they they keep elevating you, they're like, okay, we get elevate him, then he's gonna bring on his people. You know, right. we are the people, we are the people, we are who we hang out with, we are who we talk to. So if they're meeting Corey McCarthy, 
they know that there's a good chance they're going to meet Cortland. Why would why would they risk putting putting two great black male educators together? I'm telling you, that's 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 a hard thing for people to do, man. Especially when they're dealing with black kids. I mean, that's like okay, we have one. Do we need to have both of them? But um, would and and the feedback would be, well, I think it's great for the children because they'll see more representations of themselves. Yeah, but do we need two of them? Why not? You have two of everything else. You have two gym teachers. <laughs> Why would you have two? You know what I mean? It's like if they if they bring Corey in, they're gonna bring Corey. Might bring in Cortland. Mm-hmm. If I'm a if I'm a hater, why would I do that? Like, why would I risk that? Because I always think about that side. I don't I don't think I don't think the the way that I you know the way that it should be. I think of why would I bring in if I'm if I'm a, if I run the arts, why would I bring in Billy McLean and Bobby McLean? What is that going to do for me? as the art director if you think of if you're looking at black male educators do that lens of um fear because fear doesn't have to be i'm scared that this person is going to do something physical to me the fear is someone's skill level bringing down or testing their skill level or bringing down their skill level challenging their privilege challenging their privilege mm-hmm. go ahead court you know, um, you know, Corey, you know a little bit about my educational journey and, you know, it's, it's, and you know what I, what I really generally do in my classroom and. Wait, hold on, let me cut you off for a second. Uh-huh. If after hearing, if, if the audience out there, after hearing this brother, you think he should have ever been fired from a job as a black man, as a black male educator? He should, you think, you would think he's never been fired. I mean, I mean, put his business out there, but he has to me. But there's no way this brother should have been fired from a job at any point. Go ahead. It's it's great because so you know, like I said, we talk about culture in my class a lot, and 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 still hit the learning targets that we need to in chemistry. And you know, first of all, like for all those people who say that you can't do it, like I teach chemistry, so I just want you to remember that. <laughs> um, and we talk about stuff in chemistry, um, take up full classes, t- take up a lot of the different discussion, but you know. I don't know how many times I, I, I've been told, you know, cause I've had to move districts, uh, you know, this upcoming year will be my 10th year. And, you know, I, I don't think I've ever stayed at a school, you know, longer than two, three years. And, wow. and when, I don't know how many times they've told me, you know, that you don't fit the culture at the last school in Medford, the guy, you know, he actually told me, um, he said, you know, he, he sat me down. He said, you know, you can only change so much and you're trying to change too much. Wow. That's what he said, he said, he said, you know, he said that he learned a lesson when he was coming in that, you know, you, you can only change a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit at a time. And this is how far, how far has he gotten, right? How far he's gotten uh, in his educational journey. And, I don't know if that was the reason why I was the one teacher that he decided not to come, you know, to, to be asked back. But I definitely know, you know, the things that people were saying about the things that were happening in my class. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people always ask me, you know, because, you know, uh, when I was first, my first year ever 
I don't know how many teachers were like, no, I'm not going to do what you do because I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay a teacher. And, you know, my, my response was, and I, my response to the gentleman at the last school was if, if we don't do something, it, all these, you know, black and brown kids will just stay marginalized mm -hmm. unless that's what you want, wow. you know, unless that's what you want. And, you know, in my classroom, um, and if you want, uh, Billy, Bobby, Corey, I think I've sent it to you three times. I don't know if you heard it, but we do a thing in my classroom called the forum. Um, and what it's literally just, you know, a series of classes where students come in and we talk about, you know, one, what works in my classroom, but more important, what works in other classes or, and then what are some things that you think it's just not into effective teaching. Right. And, and what I learned from that when I tried to do it the first time was I learned so much about, you know, pedagogy, because, you know, one of the cool things about it with the young kids and the reason why, like if it was me and I ran a school, I would do I'd call it the form and them, 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 whatever the student body presence, they ain't doing nothing anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Just have a thing where the vice presidents like poll the kids and they go to a forum and they bring up, you know, the things that they said, give those you know, vice president or whatever they call themselves, give them something to do, right? Something that's actually actually meaningful. Wow. And I, I I cannot tell you the wealth of knowledge, right? The, the To me, the experts are not us. <laughs> I continue to say that because kids know when they're in a good situation. They totally know. They know way more than we do. They've been able to sample all the people and what they can't sample themselves. I mean, they talk to, they, they talk to their students. They talk to other kids and they go like, man, you, you got Mr. Douglas, man, I, how's he, how's he compared to what I got? You know, how's he compared to what I got? And so much of what I feel in terms of growing my own pedagogy has come from the student feedback that I have each year mm -hmm. with kids. And it makes you a better person. It makes a lot of individuals better. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that that requires is one in openness and then what your ability to change and adapt. And, and a lot of teachers ain't there. A lot of te teachers just want to spin the wheel again. They don't want to put in that work, you know? Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why I think they don't want to put in that work is because they know that the white kid's going to get what they get, you know? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the times I, I, I do a lot of work, cultural work, simply because of the fact I know that those kids, you know, students of color, man, they need that. And I feel like a lot of people don't, or the reason why they don't feel the need or the urgency is because they know that they ain't got to do it to get their kids what they, what they need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it comes to the, the reasons why, Right. I don't know how many times, you know, it's crazy to think, you know, one of the goals that I have, um, one is just to be in a department chair of a science department, but, you know, getting that um, chemistry AP position. I, I, put, I put a request in every year, every place I've ever been. And I always, you know, tell them it's crazy to think that there's zero black AP teachers, you know, in this state or in New York or in any other place. That's crazy when you think about it. Mm -hmm. That's a crazy idea that there's no chemistry AP black teachers at all. And 
what I always tell them is, man, if you put me in that spot, I know what's going to happen. It's going to get real, real dark in here. And that's the fear. All them kids, all them kids who took me, I don't, I don't know how many kids go in and they go, man, I'm not going to take by, uh, chemistry AP because you're not teaching it. And I, I met that dude. I ain't even down with him. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a guy, not to put anything on him, but we had a guy who was teaching at Everett last year. And I didn't want I would I don't I don't be in his class either. <laughs> you know? And so if I'm in there, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we about to get them kids because I know one thing, you know, someone asked me like, what do I know about my my my, my class? No matter what the skill level, no matter what the ability my kids enjoy the experience that they have. That's what I know. Because mm-hmm. of you. Yeah, because uh, of the things that we do, right? Because the of the pride things, curriculum. The things that what we do. Now, here's the thing. Great point. Because when I was teaching, when I was teaching, you know, getting, getting the kids ready was never a problem. Nope. Because what took people months to do, they were so into the message and the deliverance of the message, it takes me. It would take me a week to get them ready. What it would take anybody else, right? And, be, and people react one of two ways. Like, yo, how are you doing that? I want, Billy will tell you, I want sent kids. I once took, took a, a, a group of black kids and, and, and Latino, Latino kids, and I sent them on a train. And I just had them look, I just had them chart how people, what they thought people's perception was of them. Yeah. And it changed their minds. Yeah. It changed their lives. Gloria Alvarez, like who is now like an activist. Mm-hmm. Like, because we, we are buying into a construct that is telling folks from immigrant immigrant countries that when you come and you sign up for our school, you got to check your language at the door, check your culture at the door, and check your flag. And never to be seen again. Well, right. And to me, like, the remedy of that is, you know, because, like, some people go, like, you, you talk about culture. I talk about culture every day. Mm-hmm. It's not a moment, you know, where, where I take time out because, you know, one of the weird things is like people believe that your culture, right, and your learning targets or content, somehow they're on two separate whole tracks. They like, yeah. you can't, they can't be in the same spot, right? Apparently they can't, you can't talk about, you know, culture and also have it run counter with the content that you teach. They, I, I think a lot of teachers, they cannot, you know, fathom the idea that you can be that consistent, that you can be that on top of it, that you can go, you know, I think a lot of times they go, you know, it, it's taken part of the reason why, you know, I share the videos out and Billy and Bobby, if you want to get the videos, feel free to, you know, drop the email or whatever. Oh, they're, they're tough. They're tough. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you can ask, I do it consistently. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason why I don't do it every day is because we don't have school every day. But mm-hmm. like, it's every class. There's never a moment. And what what I hope people get from that, even though I know that probably other people probably get different things, but it's not just random videos. 
mm-hmm. right? There is an actual curriculum that is running sideways, right? There's, you know, I'd like to believe that when people read it, that they see that there's planning, right? That there's, it's not just me putting random things up for kids. It's a, con- it's a continuum. That's right. Yeah. So like, it's an actual curriculum, right? When I call it pride curriculum, it's because I put the time in, right? There's mm-hmm. a development issue, uh, uh, area there. And, and when kids come in, they see that, right? They see that it's important. Because it's funny when at the beginning of the class, how many students, sometimes they get feedback about how, you know, I wish we didn't do these things, right? I wish we just spent more time working on the, on the, on the content. And it takes me time sometimes to talk to those kids and go like, no, you need to know about these people. Yeah, you got to. You, you know? got to put in that, that work. That's it's, Everything's culture. I remember calling and, and I remember at when I first, I think this was, might've been Corby's first year maybe a second year, um, I, had, I do advisory classes and I just pick, you know, I pick the students who, who we felt if they didn't get like this ICU type of environment, but from love, not from, you know, in a loving way, in supporting way, if they didn't get this advisory class, and I ended up calling the advisory class boys to men, um, if they didn't get this this love, that the chances of them looking elsewhere to get that feeling of being important is probably going to come out of um, it's going to happen when they're not in school or kind of on their way to school. And I remember putting um, putting all these words on the board. I put every word that you can think of that's degrading to every single race. That's the first thing I would do in the class, around 20 kids, um, the loudest kids, probably the most obnoxious, but they, they were the ones that me and Corey always loved to be around. Cause we saw, you know, you, you end up seeing, you see these kids and you just notice that the reason why they could be off the handle a lot is because they just don't have self-discipline. Mm-hmm. So when you see that as an as a, uh, older black person, all you're really doing is you're seeing yourself in them so they walk into the classroom you just see you know the one kid who's think he has to be a clown to get attention you see pieces of you in every single one of the kid mm-hmm. so i remember putting all these just every word you can think of on the board and the principal came in at the time this 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 uh, older white man came in and he looked at the board and he's like uh billy can i speak to you for a second i said yeah yeah hold on one second i excuse myself went to the hallway I said, what's up? He said, you can't put the N-word on the board. I said, what do you mean? He said, you can't put the N-word on the board. Is there, is like there, is there a purpose behind it? Is there meaning behind it? And I said, so all you saw was the N-word? I have 20, I have 20 words up there. I have every derogatory word for every race. I have for every man, for every woman. But why did you only see the N-word? And instead of him saying, don't do it, he burst out in tears and apologized. Went back into the room and I explained it to the kids why it's important for our culture to represent our culture. 
and why people would not understand our culture. Just in the school now, someone was asking me, why do, why does, and it was asking the playful way. This was like maybe a year, year or two ago. It was like, well, I'm trying to understand, um, you know, Mr. M Mr. McLean, like when you go in there and you say this, they just do it because they see you and they see this big black, per this big black man. And I said, first of all, stop saying that. They don't see a big black man. That's not, I'm not scaring them. I'm the same one that's hugging them every morning and giving them pounds and giving them high fives. So, but what are, what are you doing that's different from what we're doing? What, why can't we do what you're doing? I said, well, it's probably because we talk about culture a lot and different things like that. I'm not gonna, I, I, I can't really answer that question. I said, but I can tell you, um, I could tell you this. I said, you ever, you ever, do you know any boys that get haircuts? Cause I always have to give an example to teachers. I said, do you know sometimes when a, when a black kid gets his hair cut, he puts a hat on after he gets his hair cut and he tilts it just enough so you can see his trim near his, near his sideburns. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, but why are you telling me that? I said, because that's culture. I said, that's how confused you are when you see black boys listen to black male educators. I said, that's culture. I said, that's very normal for us to cut our hair around our hat. I said, but that's how confused you are about building these important relationships with the kids so they're in a safe place to learn. If you get them in a safe place to learn, everything goes up. Their math skills go up. Their humanity skills, all these different things, these, these academic necessities actually go up. I said, but what they can do when those things go up, the teacher has to find a way to take those things and implement it to the kids that they can actually bring to their everyday life. And that's usually the key what, in which gets that, that gets kids to say, you know what, this, this chemistry is cool because the way my teacher is bringing it to me, I can see how I can talk about this a little easier than I could before. Mm -hmm. But I think it goes back to the relationship and the, and the culture that the, when that kid walks into the classroom, that teacher must create that environment or you kind of lose the teacher, in my opinion. You lose the ability to teach that kid. Right. And, you know, one of the things I always, I always really love about the kids is, you know, one, how much they just keep, keep my humanity and my understanding of humanity in check. Mm -hmm. now, like you know people ask me all the time like you know you're trying to reach all of them I go like nah but this is the one cool thing about kids is if they know right that that maybe all of it doesn't hit but they know that at some point you're gonna you're gonna bring something that's gonna hit me mm -hmm. right I have enough compassion that ain't for me I know it's probably for one of my classmates so I'm not gonna do nothing Right. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to give it that respect because I know that somebody in this you know, class needs that. And I just continue to go like that moment. Right. When you know that there are kids in there who who are working together to hear that message. Like I always go like that is a moment that is the, that is teaching on another level. Right, that is a different kind of idea. The mm -hmm. idea that even though I don't think that what Mr. Douglas is saying something, 
even though I don't think it's for me, I have enough compassion to go like, hey, right? Like people always ask, like when I'm when I'm when I'm up there and I'm talking to them, how come other kids who ain't interested, how come they're not doing something else? Right. Mm-hmm. It's because of the fact that they have that respect to go like, hey, it's somebody else, right? Somebody else might be getting something from it. Yeah. You know, and 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 and, and the the power that comes from that, right? And then, you know, the other thing I would say is, you know, it's an interesting thing because the values that you bring as a black teacher is very different. You know, I was talking with one teacher about, you know, one of the students and there's such a huge, I think, reluctance to, to give certain students the credit that they deserve for the, for the, for the, for the, you know, skills that they do bring to the table. You know, I don't know how many meetings, like I've been in actual meetings where people will say like, hey, this kid is actually stupid. This kid's actually dumb, right? I've been working with them and he should be able to, to know what I know. So that kid's not very intellectual. And I can tell you, I've, I've talked to this same student and, you know, he's met me at like 630 and it's been very difficult for me to be able to get him to see things that I think I see what that teacher's talking about, how like, it's literally just like a matching game, Right. And so you would label that student's dumb. However, I don't know how many times that same teacher who needed to get the word out to the rest of the classmates or the rest of the school or needed to get some hype for like something that that teacher wanted to do, guess who we went to first? Yeah. But you won't let him have that, will you? You won't let him have the fact that, that he has what? A skill that taps into community. I realize that that's not in your classroom. I realize that there's no learning target for the fact that he is someone who is, you know, that in tune with people's heart and, and, and soul and aura. I realize that. But you're not going to give him that, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to let him live in the world. You're not going to let him have that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to go to that kid who has the A, who sits in the corner, who ain't gonna, who, you know, who, who, who's hitting you know, high scores every single time. But I'll go to him real quick and I go like, how come we can't put some shine on that? And yeah. what I would say is how come as an educator who's supposed to have, you know, this huge grasp of, 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 of your content, you're telling me that you know that a student can have that type of skill set and you're not gonna bend your material to like give that person an opportunity to shine a little bit. You know, people ask me like, how come, how did he get, you know, uh, he didn't get an A in my class. He got like a B minus, but how did he get that? I go like, because I actually know him and I know what his skills are and we can figure out a way to make it so that those yeah. things shine. Right. Fact. But you don't want to do that though. Cause you don't right. want to run the same thing. Right. You're more concerned with, you're not really concerned about that with that personal growth because that's not one of your measurements so fellas it's been a great show and honestly like you know (laughs) i feel like we could literally break this up and like oh my god but i want to end with this and i want you guys to finish the sentence starting with you billy Mm -hmm. black male this message is the district's schools black male educators need black male educators need i would say support um 
ooh, dad, we need, we need a lot. Uh, but um, I would say black male educators need support. We need, uh, we need more opportunities to to uh, get to get to our students without being, you know, blocked. I feel like there's always a fence mm -hmm. that once the black male educator starts to really get into that and to really start to dive into the student, not just the student as a as a student, but the student as a human being. I feel the powers that be a lot of times and, 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 and we take no for an answer no matter what but I feel like there's a fence that goes up sometimes and if you're a young black educator I see a lot of frustration in like 26 year old black male educators like heavy frustration from 20 26 to like 32 and they're almost you know they're almost burnt out and they're just like how did you do this for 25 years um I think we need more support more supports I think we need more places where we can um, come together as black male educators and talk more like a platform like this is like super important. Um, and it should be happening more because I think there's, I think there's support for each other out there, but we're spread out and we're spread so thin in so many different areas. We don't get a chance to have these platforms to talk. Um, so I think platforms are, are very helpful as well. I could probably say more, but I'll just leave it at that. Corlin, black male educators need? Uh, to me, if there's one thing that to me, black male educators need more of, I would say they need more trust. That's what they need. Trust? Yeah, trust. Mm -hmm. they, need, yeah. they need more trust in the idea that what they're doing is good for the kids. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that would kind of be wrapped up in that trust is I need you to change the way you view your admin role and maybe not think about the welfare of grown adults and maybe focus more on the impact and like i said just have more trust in the fact that what i'm doing is making an impact for these kids yep. and not so much focused on what's happening in the hearts and minds of grown adults who may perceive what I'm doing in a threatening way yeah. or in a personal way, right? Like that to me is, is, is what, I, what, what I think I would like, is mm -hmm. for you to go, hey, why don't you just if you come into my room, see the kids and see what they get out of it. And why don't you go tell that to whoever it is who's trying to tell me that I'm doing something that's bad? Yeah. Patience. Yeah. They have yeah. no patience in the black male educator. The, the creative process of the black male educator is vital. Like, because we have so much creativity in our brains and in our bodies, if you don't understand it, you block it. You'll go like, where's he going with this? Like not seeing the, they, they can't see the movie yeah, because like, they refuse to see the making of the movie. You so you so focused on your liability, right? Mm -hmm. You don't understand that there's an actual point to it, right? Like the kids need this message. I realize that you may talk to me about how personal that may cut, and I want you to know that that student is mature enough to be able to deal with it. Why? Because that's his life, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Like when we, I don't know, <laughs> you know, when we were talking about. Um, you know, the Breonna Taylor stuff, 
because you know and people approach me and, and talk to me about it and I go like man these kids are going to live this no matter what no matter what no matter what and you telling me that I'm triggering them and I go like they go and step outside and get this right I'd be, mad, I'd be mad at us that we didn't give them that you mm-hmm. gonna you gonna that they gonna they gonna hear it, and so what I need you to do is I need you to trust, and then you know I have something I always say, and maybe this is the reason why I always get you know not asked back, but I always tell them <laughs> what I always say is this, and I've talked I've told this to um, people who always go like man you never eat with us in the in the in the room or whatever, because um, I always tell them I got all these kids with me, and what I tell them is. You know, I, I remember one of them told me, like, I think, you know, you might just be doing that just to as an excuse to avoid us. And I, what I told them is it's not about you or me. Mm-hmm. I do not cater to adults when I can cater to students. Mm-hmm. That, is the num- that is the number one rule. I do not cater to adults, grown human beings. Right. To me. You know, I try to I remember I was telling someone I was like, what's the difference between an adult and a student? Uh, adult has the capacity to deal with indifference mm-hmm. right and so to me i don't cater to adults when i can cater to students <laughs> that's just 100 percent. that's the that's the, my that's my approach to most things why mm-hmm. do i do it i know that that's what you said but my students need this right well, so my students need this and i don't cater to you because you an adult and i cater to the students needs yeah well mm-hmm. so that's why i was saying I need trust that that you that 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 you believe in the fact that I that I know what I'm doing. Black male educators need schools and districts that have and use strength-based cultivation. Mm-hmm. Operate in our strengths, galvanize the rest of the staff around our strengths, help us help others play through our mistakes because we don't get many. We don't get second chances. No, no. And stop letting us absolutely kill ourselves to stop kids from killing themselves. Mm. With that being said, um, Cortland, Billy, Bobby, Dope, Real, this got a shot, folks. Um, thank you guys for, for joining us. Um, we'll be back again next week, a couple of weeks, looking forward to our event, um, developing, shaping, creating, building a vision for the black male educator, especially in a, um, in a black male suppressive state like Massachusetts. Mm. Thank right. you, everyone. All right. Peace out, Corey. Peace out, Cortland. Yes, indeed.